welcome to The Near Memo, a weekly conversation about search, social, and commerce. What happened, why it matters, and the implications for local. Welcome back, everybody, to The Near Memo with David, Mike, and Greg. And this is episode 144. Today, we'll be talking about the history of the SERP and click-through rates. We'll be talking about Google's social strategy in the SERP and the form, the sort of a rise of forms and local local search results. And then Mike is going to be talking about the new EU local SERP that is responding to the DMA, the Digital Markets Act. So David, why don't you tell us about uh, CTR and the history of the SERP? Yeah. So Andy Crestadina, Orbit Media, um, longtime content marketing guru uh, in the true, truest sense of the word. I mean that as a compliment, not as an insult. Um, Andy wrote a great, I mean, he's been in this space longer than we have, uh, at least longer than I have. I shouldn't speak for you and Mike, but, um, he wrote a sort of very interesting, uh, longitudinal view of how the Google SERP has changed. Mike has been tracking this on his own blog for years as well, but this was sort of a more horizontal view of how the SERP has changed. He used a couple of examples, you know, a shopping SERP from, I think it was 2012, where it was basically all text ads at the top and then blue links and then a couple of product ads sort of in the right hand rail and just how different that shopping SERP looks today with the PLAs, the images now in organic results. It's just a much more visual SERP. The, um, the position of the number one organic result, you know, used to be whatever, 250 pixels from the top. Now it's below the fold, basically. Um, and he had a couple more examples of, of how things have changed uh, in, in, for different categories. So movies was another one where it was like, you know, movies near me or something like that. A couple of years ago, that was basically, that was a pack result of movie theaters. And now it's a carousel of individual movie, uh, sort of billboards, whatever you call those posters, um, where you click in and choose the movie first and then find where it's showing. So just the, the whole sort of arc is just how dramatically the SERP has changed in the last 10 years. And which I think actually dovetails a lot with what we've been talking about in this podcast for the last couple of years in particular, you know, more images, more sort of interesting, rich results getting fed in. Greg, you're going to talk about forums in the next segment on today's podcast. Um, and his point is really that he, his, his big takeaway is basically, you know, rankings are durable over time. If you continue to invest in SEO, you'll you'll probably continue to move up the rankings. But position in the SERP is not uh, because of all of the changes that Google has made. And so he's he's advocating a couple of things. First of all, you know, don't put all of your eggs in the SEO basket, which is something we've long said. And don't put all of your eggs in the Google basket, even in, inside of that bucket. Um, but the other thing I thought was a really interesting takeaway was how important it is now, how much more important it is now to engage potential visitors to your site with really compelling results and understanding where users are clicking in order to understand where you should be investing your resources, which is something that we've been trying to attack in, in near media for local businesses uh, for the last you know year, year plus in terms of identifying, you know, where do users click? Do they click more on LSAs in a certain category or more on pack results in a certain category or on organic results? And in particular, what are the attributes of the listings that they're clicking on? Is it reviews? Is it number of years in business? Is it proximity? Um, you know, what are the what are the sort of messaging themes that resonate most with customers? And so, I personally think this was a great validation of kind of our market position uh, for near media, 
in terms of trying to help companies identify where they should be making investments in search results generally, whether that's paid, local, organic, and then also identifying sort of what themes they should be promoting in their content with their content. One final takeaway that I think was, was really interesting is he showed just the dramatic decline in, in um, click-through rates and sort of general traffic sent by Google for informational queries over time. And he expects that, as do many, to accelerate with the advent of AI results. And so it just it also speaks to another theme of our sort of, uh, you know, our, our product offering at Near Media, which is helping you identify what keywords you should be you should actually be targeting, what keywords you actually have a chance to rank for. Um, and so basically the, the takeaway here is informational queries are, are going to be going away if a local business ever could compete for an informational query in the first place. And so focus on the keywords that are likely to lead to transactions for you. And within that keyword set, focus on the results and use the messages that are going to lead to actual visitors and potentially customers for your business. Yeah, we yeah, saw what that we've seen in a couple of interesting examples. One was in the lawyer space where, again, when, if LSAs weren't present, people were clicking very aggressively on the organic results. And there, when somebody cheated on review schema, in the organic results, that gave them an edge. It was just a very good example of what you're talking about in the extreme where somebody's cheating to, to get that little extra click-through. Sorry, Greg, go ahead. Well, and one, one of the other points is that we've seen pretty significant behavioral differences in different verticals, um, you know, healthcare, legal, uh, and, uh, and storage, and people using different looking for different types of information using different decision criteria which is which is kind of a surprise or was a surprise to me because when people think about search behavior they think about sort of uniformity um, but but it varies from vertical to vertical you know people were very interested in images in healthcare and they were more interested in price and offers uh, as well as proximity with um, you know, self-storage. And, and we saw, as, as Mike was just saying, we saw different behaviors in legal, depending on the presence or absence of LSA. So it's, there's a lot of nuance. It's pretty interesting. And um, so I haven't read the article yet, but I will definitely check it out. Maybe I'll write that up for today's newsletter. We'll see. Yeah, essentially, like as the SERP becomes more and more complex, and we're, the two follow-on themes in today's podcast are both increasing complexity of the SERP, I think you really need to understand as a business where you should be placing your, your SEO bets or, and potentially even your paid search bets uh, because that increased complexity really can dramatically shift user behavior based on what elements are present. So on that note, I, I, my thesis for a long time has been that, that users don't want increasing complexity. They don't want more choice. They want sort of trustworthy, reliable information uh, they do want rich results in some cases. They do want the functionality that Google's offering in some cases, restaurant reservations, what have you. But I think that the the as Google has tried to adapt to changing user tastes and interests, they've mucked up the SERP. SERP. I mean, it's long been my position that it's like, you know, sort of Las Vegas now. It's too cluttered. It's just too much information. And um, one of the complaints that people, younger users have made is that it's inefficient, that Google SERP is really terribly inefficient to go through and to try and find a result that's 
that's interesting or that's trustworthy, what have you. And so one of the things that we're seeing in response to that is Google's whole, what we can call the hidden gems strategy, which is them surfacing more and more social content, partly to complete, compete with TikTok and partly to answer these uh, issues about these complaints about SERP, SERP quality, spam, etc. So they're surfacing more human generated results in forums and blogs and other sort of more authentic sources. And Joy Hawkins of Sterling Sky recently documented this in the garage door segment. And she was saying that, I, I forget whether it was three months or six months ago, there were certain, you know, expected sites ranking. And now she was seeing a bunch of forums and niche sites showing up in these positions. And the, the other rankings were dropping further down the page. And in a, in a certain kind of ironic way, I mean, there was a point at which I argued Google, you know, somebody should bring back the equivalent of the Yahoo directory, sort of human curated or, or partly human curated, um, you know, results. We don't need a million results. We just need three good ones or five good ones or whatever. And, and, Nobody's going to do that. We have yet to see what Yahoo's going to do in search. But what Google's doing is a kind of version of that because the Yahoo directory was a human compiled repository of links, the sort of highest quality links, presumably. And Google is sort of outsourcing that to these social sites and forums and blogs. And it's it's doing a version of that. It's sort of trying to overcome the the flaws and weaknesses of the of this sort of monster that it's created by by advancing sort of human generated content. So that's my rant for today, I think. Um, and, you know, the, the well, question, I think- bit, Potentially a little bit of a, a preemptive defense against all this AI generated content as well, right? I exactly, mean, you're exactly. Going to have, you're going to have bots in these forums, but theoretically, as we talked about either last week or a couple of weeks ago, you know, you're gonna have a layer of human moderation that Google doesn't have to do uh, to sort of filter out those bots. So. Well, that's that's right. I mean, that's what you can see the forums is that they're, that this is a sort of another way for them to get at content moderation, you know, without as many quality raters or whatever. So it's it solves a bunch of problems for them hypothetically. The question is, are those results gonna be good? And is spam gonna, you know, start seeping into, you know, Quora like spam gonna seep into all of those this forums once people realize that this is an, an, another way to, this is a barnacle SEO kind of strategy. It'll be curious to me if we see this on hyper local terms, uh, for example, garage door repair is a very hyper local search, even though it's not geolocalized um, or what, or whether it's on more informational, how do you repair a garage door? Um, and, whether it re results in less organic localization that we started seeing in 2012 with Venice, I guess, um, and or and whether it will affect hyper localized queries that include geo modifiers like garage door repair only in New York. Will it, you know how far will it reach? Is it more on the informational side, the more the side with more ambiguity, the side that's more questions, or is it? trend across the whole gamut of local queries. Well, we'll have to see. I mean, in a way, it's sort of back to the future or some equivalent in the sense that way back when, before Google was really localized, people would use these sort of forums and discussion groups. In my area, it was the Berkeley Parents Network uh, to get referrals and recommendations from trustworthy sources. So you could ask people, this is what Nextdoor should yeah. be, but isn't. Exactly. Um, 
you know, and and so we're kind of coming full circle in a way. It's different, but to the to this kind of thing again, where you can ask humans and and get you know feedback and follow up. Um, but it's for what it's worth, any Bay Area business should have been trying to participate in that Berkeley Parents Forum forever because it ranks. I don't know if it still does, but it ranked absolutely everywhere. It was parents.berkeley.edu. I'm pretty sure is the right. The and it, it's it's still um, around. It's still around amazingly. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how active people are in it anymore. But that's right. And, you know, next next door should have done a version of that. Um, and, you know, I don't really understand this is a digression why next next door is kind of languishing in the way that it is um but it's really unfortunate because it's it's really falling well short of its potential but that's a different discussion entirely yeah, so Mike, let, yeah, really yeah. idiotic really idiotic growth decisions to put all their content behind a wall a walled garden right i mean there's ways to do a better job of uh ranking for a lot of these long tail phrases that that sites like the berkeley parents network do pretty well so exactly all right so mike Tell us about the new SERP in the EU for, for local. That you so to do at. this, I'm going to share screen and describe it as I share it. So give me a, I'm going to turn on screen sharing here and uh, switch over just to show you the process. I have not, is, whoops, um, one second. This is, a, this is a real, this is a live demo, so. We it's a live demo, so it's likely to go wrong. First is, I just recently got NordVPN, which I'm having a grand time with because it allows me to virtually travel to any country and see what Google is doing in those countries. And so as a result of that, I've been exploring um, uh, these searches mm -hmm. in different countries and uh, I to see how they are different. And one of the big differences in the, I think, again, I have not been tracking these carefully over time. Well, we've so been, the, you're showing, you're showing a screen, a cookies permission screen, which we've never right, seen in so, the US. Go ahead, go ahead. Right, so when you first go to Google in Europe these days, uh, as a, uh, on a, for example, this is a private window in Safari. I've gone to Google and the, this is in Italy. So it's asking me to refuse all cookies or to accept them all, or there's this minor box where I can accept some cookies. So I'm just gonna, for the sake of this demonstration, refuse all cookies, which like we've never seen anything like this in the United States. Um, it's nice to be able to do that. Um, I'm then gonna search now, on- whether or not Google, whether or not Google actually complies with that request <laughs> is another story, but- <laughs> you think they would dare uh, violate? Well, if they, if they don't, somebody, some, one, of, one of the various NGOs is gonna go after them, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so when you search, I'm going to switch to English real quickly. But the, the first thing you notice is I, I, I think it's an updated non-Google element that is but placed. Tell, tell people the query. Mike, t for the people yeah. that can't, that are listening to this, tell people what you've searched for. Right. So I just searched on restaurants near me and I am located near Lombardy, Italy. And the first element in the search is a a carousel called Places Sites, which is uh, organic pages with images embedded in the carousel that you can scroll through. When you click through Lar largely that, coming from direct, largely coming from restaurant directories such yes, as TripAdvisor, TripAdvisor. OpenTable, The Fork, Yelp, Zomato. It's basically all of the sites that the path introduction had pushed way, way down the server. 
And right. all of the sites who criticized have historically criticized Google in the antitrust hearings and did so in Europe, right? All the sites that are complaining loud enough that Google is sort of throwing them a bone. When you click through to see more of these, you are taken to a organic search result, plain and simple, with no local pack, just organic and again, largely directory search results. Um, not particularly localized uh, other than so no individual no individual businesses mostly mostly directories right and then you can go back to the original search and right below that you'll see the places back with you know the, the scrollable map and you can click on the individual listings to uh, bring them up in a panel to the right you can go into more places. But what's interesting, and then below that pack is two, in this case, TripAdvisor, directory organic results, but then a second places pack with additional restaurants in it, which I find fascinating. And no map. Right? And no map. But and no, no, map. no map. And no, no map. map, right. And when you right. click on them, you get the same panel behavior and no ability to go in and look at multiple listings. So basically Google is doubling in this new display, doubling the space for their pack listing. So clearly they're complying with the letter of the uh, EU law in terms of displaying other sites and not self-preferencing theirs. Now, also interestingly though, this places sites uh, the organic directories that is often above is not always above. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't uh, always above. Let's see here. Um, well, and both of these are, but sometimes it occurs below the pack results, which is interesting. Here in hotels, you see a predominance of ads at the top, then the places sites, which is the third-party directories that take you to their granite pages and then the hotel finder. Uh, the hotel finder in Europe is a little different. It's a little less sticky than in the United States. In the United States, uh, when you select an individual listing, all of the listings appear on the left or continue to appear on the left and this dominates. So it's a little bit different as well. So Google has changed these based on obviously requirements of the um, EU and uh, it, it is, it, it's exactly what Yelp asked for. And it's not clear to me they're going to get any more traffic out of it, but. Um, yeah. And essentially, the, at least it seemed to me, based on the two examples you gave, the places sites carousel that shows up above the pack. And the, again, the two examples that you showed, not always above the pack, but where it, where it shows up, that those, those sites largely mirror the organic rankings for the same query. So it's not like there's a new, SGE algorithm we have to worry about. It's largely the same algorithm driving a new visual interface that's designed to placate the regulators. That then drives you into a purely organic listing that's a very often a very boring page with not with where you have to then go to another directory to actually get an answer to your question. So it's not clear to me that users will even use it uh, because it is so many clicks to get to an answer. Well, given given its prominence on the page, though, let's call it the places carousel, 
given its prominence, at least in this restaurant's example at the very top of the page, I would imagine that it will drive a certain number of clicks because it's so prominent and people can easily scroll, th scroll through. And if they see a brand that they're familiar with, they may, may click on it. But that remains to be seen. It's an empirical question. Uh, I would I would add that this, I, just for context, Google has done a version of this in the past. So when Google was trying to placate antitrust regulators years ago, it created and it and it has still maintained in some context, this kind of list of competitive directory sites that it put up there, but it didn't have them in a scrollable carousel. It was like, you know, th three of them or something, or, or the carousel wasn't as extensive at any rate. And it so wasn't this a is visual either. What that. didn't have the pulsating yeah. images is an expansion of that. For sure. Right. Um, the pulsating uh, images. <laughs> yes. They actually, when you click, when you go over them, they actually sort of vibrate on you, which is new yeah. also. So um, anyways. And, and I, speaks I, to I, the importance, speaks to the importance for directories of image optimization, on-page image yes, optimization sure. to make sure that they've right. got an image, which that first TripAdvisor result you showed did not have one. And that that image is is interesting enough to draw the eye if it does if you are lucky exactly. enough to rank in that carousel. Right, that's an excellent point. There's a lot at stake in that kind of hero image or whatever we would call it. It'll it's be the, also it'll interesting be the to me that Google that the Google algorithm is still in effect. That sometimes you see the places sites carousel the organic carousel below the pack, which implies that it is ranked like any other. A universal result and then mixed into the result based on this algorithm. So sometimes you do see the local pack above this this place site carousel. It's a very weird well, name as well, places sites. So the 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 Digital Markets Act is 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 directed at so-called gatekeepers, which is just a handful of basically U.S. companies that are big enough uh, to justify this treatment and. Um, you know, one of the things that it's trying to do is 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 to uh, address so-called self-preferencing, right? And so the local pack is seen by European regulators as self-preferencing, even though it's a listing of individual businesses, it's perceived to be a Google pro Google product or a Google branded experience. And so the chances are we're going to see the local pack, you know, push down the page more often than not. Um, to comply with that directive. But it, it does appear to be a defense of European companies, not in the necessarily in the interest of European consumers, that they are attempting to create opportunities for smaller, less dominant companies in the European market. It's it even though see. even though the most of the results that we saw were, were US. US tech companies like or Hotel Zomato, and Yelp and TripAdvisor right. and exactly right. right right Zomato is an Indian company but that was in the that was probably one of the exceptions yes so so yeah it's say, it, Greg, it, if, it, you, if you want if you have some spare time in your day go buy this Nord VPN I've become a big promoter of it it works on your phone too you can use the same copy you don't have to pay twice and well it's other so than much doing fun to be other than doing Google research results. on the other other than doing research on the SERP um, or travel planning in Europe, um, 
I don't have too many occasions to pretend I'm in <laughs> Finland or something. I, well, I might I might have to submit an expense request for a trip to Paris just to try some of these searches myself. Yeah, right. I don't know if I can trust right. the VPN <laughs> results. So approved, exactly. David. <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely interesting times uh, here, and um, you know, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, one of the interesting sort of final notes that I would I would make here is that we've been saying that look based on Ross Hutchins' analysis and other things that are going on, that, you know, SGE is unlikely to launch. And what we're going to see is a sort of trickling out of SGE-inspired features. And Search Engine Land, uh, the other day, Danny Goodwin over there said, oh, it's irresponsible for SEOs to kind of jump to this conclusion. This is a form of misinformation. But I think he's, I think he's wrong. I don't think Google's ever going to launch SGE as it exists in the lab's uh, form. It's also but not, see... Ross isn't saying like he has inside information about this is what's going to happen. It's an opinion based on, you know, years For sure. of experience in this space. So, well, and, and drawing inferences from, and, and drawing inferences from Google's commentary. But I, I think that Google definitely is pushing. And, I mean, it's a, not like search engine doesn't draw inferences from a gazillion Google tests. They do. Exactly. They publish every test they get their hands on. It's all speculation. I mean, it's what keeps us, yeah. you know, it, it keeps our game. Keep, keeps us in business. <laughs> keeps our brains right. functioning. All right. So um, this is the end of another exciting episode, episode 144, as I said. And uh, some of this stuff will be showing up in our newsletter. And be sure and tell your friends, spread the word, sign up for the newsletter. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks for joining David, Mike, and Greg. To stay on top of the latest developments in local, subscribe to our newsletter at earmedia.co. We'll see you next week.